All right. Thank God. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's fellowship. Amen. That's the way it should be. Fellowship. I just want you to do this outside the sanctuary more, okay? <laughs> Invite somebody. Eat with them. Amen. Let's fellowship together. I didn't ask you to sit down, please. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, let me put this out. Next Wednesday is going to be awesome. Amen. Uh, pastor Roy is the pastor of our church in Calvert. If you've never heard him, you want to be here. Amen. And hold on to your seats when you're Okay? Hold on to your seats because it's going to be wonderful. Amen. I, I thank God for the great teachers that God's bringing out. Pastor Roy, we're going to pray that they will release you. You're coming here, okay? Amen. Amen. Put, put the uh, scripture up. Uh, Isaiah 50, verse 4 and 5. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. May that scripture be fulfilled in your life tonight. In Jesus' name, is so important. What we have to do as Christians is mainly grow once you are born again. A lot of Christians don't realize that, that after you're saved, you need to grow. It's just part of living. The spiritual life and the natural life. The way it is in the natural life, God wants us to understand as it is in the natural life, that's the way in the spiritual life. Your heavenly father, same as your earthly father. If you being evil, Jesus said, know how to give good gifts. So you give good gifts to your natural children in your natural life. God also gives good gifts. The same thing for a Christian when a child, in a natural life, when a child is born, you expect the child to grow. And if they're not growing, they don't want to eat, something is wrong. Something is wrong and you, you fret. The child's not eating. We've got to go back to the doctor. Or the child is not growing. The child can't talk. It's supposed to be talking now. That's the same way it is in the spiritual realm. Paul said, when I was a child, spoke like a child, <laughs> did everything as a child. But when I grew up, put away childish time. That's the same way it is. But you can't grow without eating. And Jesus said, man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So if you are a man, the way God created you, you are not supposed to live by food alone. Without food, no water, you won't make it. But God said you won't make it spiritually as a Christian without food and water. The word of God. So it is in the same way. Years ago, I discovered a scripture, the title of my message, The Hand of God. So we'll come into that. Years ago, I discovered a scripture in Ephesians chapter 1. Beginning from verse 15, Paul said, After I heard of your faith and your love for the saints, I never cease to pray for you. 
making mention of you in my prayer, that the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and in the knowledge of, of him. And, and then he prayed all the way down. And that said, well, Paul is no longer here. Who is going to be praying that over my life today? If the Holy Spirit has seen it fit to record that, that means it was important for them. If Paul never ceased from praying for them, I need somebody to be praying for me the same things that Paul prayed over those people. That God would give, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And so I decided, well, Paul's not here, but I, it's recorded here. I'll pray it. And so I took the scriptures and I started praying them. That I may know the hope of my calling. The riches of the glory of my, God's inheritance is in me as a saint. So I don't have to die to be a saint. I'm still alive and I'm a saint. So you realize I started praying that. Praying in the spirit. Something changed. Things changed. I started understanding scriptures. I can tie scriptures together. Because the Holy Spirit started revealing things to me. And just, not just for knowledge, I gained insight. I can do things now. Whereas I couldn't, I was scared. You, I know you won't believe it, but I didn't want to stand up in the front of people. I love to teach kids. Father Abraham had many sons and all of that. But adults, they are a different animal. But kidding. I didn't want to be around. But things changed. And I figured I had so much inside of me, I wanted to say something. And they started challenging my teachers in class. That's wrong. You can't say that. And make the whole class very uncomfortable and decide, I will yield. You're wrong. That's not what the scripture says. Some boldness came in because I finally discovered I can pray in tongues and receive revelation. And I can pray the Holy Spirit's prayer in Paul and I can receive revelation as well. And then I can act on it and God confirms his word with signs following. That's the way it should be. Do this. And you will grow. I was doing things that ministers had no understanding of. But it's true. I had to teach pastors. Because, and, and it's not for a boast. It's when you know the truth, the truth frees you. Not when you know the truth and you are a pastor. No, it doesn't matter. Anyone who knows the truth, you got something in your hand. You have a weapon in your hand. That's what the scripture says. But should I just read it and not do something about it? That's where we miss it. Don't be a forgetful carer, but be a doer of the word. So you read the scriptures constantly to find things that are hidden it's like Jesus said, they go into the fields and they're searching until they find the precious stone. They sell everything to get that precious stone. So when we go into scriptures, we are searching for germs. Things that are really great. That can change our lives. 
Not just go to church and worship God, finding nuggets in the Word of God that will help us to position ourselves so that God can minister to us and transform our lives through the renewing of our minds. Because we are finding that in Scripture. So that's where I'm coming from. The hand of God. If you heard, read in the scriptures, he talks a lot about the hand of God. What are you supposed to do with that information? Question. In Psalm 16, verse 11, Kathy, thank you. He says, you will show me the path of life. Who will show you the path of life? God, you will. You will show me the path of life in your presence, his fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. You will show me the path of life. You will show me where to go, how to walk. He leads me in the path of righteousness for. His name's sake, right? So you show me the paths of life where I shall work. And then it tells you in your presence is fullness of joy. And notice we talk a lot about God's presence, right? We pray a lot about God's presence. He says in his presence is fullness of joy. But what about his right hand? Have you ever addressed his right hand? Question. Why you talk a lot about God's presence? He didn't say in his presence you will have pleasures forevermore. He says his right hand. Right? And we talk about Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. I know it's simple, but there is something deep in this. He could have said in his presence, his fullness of joy and pleasures forever. No, he didn't say that. He talked about his right hand. So we address his presence a lot. We pray for his presence a lot. Lord, may your presence go with us now. Right? Don't we do that? (laughs) And that's really holy, right? Your presence go with us. It sounds really holy. But why, can't, why don't you address his right hand? Why don't you? It's right there. Is it true in scriptures that the right hand of God is addressed in prayer? Can we find anything like that in scriptures? And maybe in the Old Testament, but what about the New Testament? Can we find that? I'm preaching something that I just discovered, okay? <laughs> Let God show you stuff, okay? But I won't. I find it, and I'm going to test it. I call it my new experiment. Amen. This is a new experiment. Because I know it will work. Because the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let a matter be established. That's the way of the Lord. Finding principles from God's word that works every time if you apply it in faith. But if you don't understand it, you have no faith. But once you understand it, the faith is there. Because it's the Holy Spirit that opened your eyes to that truth. So in his 
at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Listen to this scripture here. First Peter chapter 5, verse 5 and 6. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Now, elders is not just talking about natural elders. That's included. But there are spiritual elders as well. And sometimes the spiritual elder can be Timothy, who is a young person. Amen? But submit to your elders. Yes, all of you. That's something for us to practice. All of you be submissive one to another. Just do that. And be clothed with humility. In other words, wear humility. Wear it. Let it be a part of your life. Now, we talk about weapons. You don't take them off. When you wear something from God, it's eternal. It's always there. The breastplate of righteousness, you're not supposed to take it away. Because now I'm going to sleep and I'm going to take the breastplate. I'm now no longer righteous. Tomorrow morning I got this and put it back in righteousness. That's not what he's talking about. He should always be there. Amen? It says, all of you be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. Then he tells you why. It's very important. For that I am about to give you a principle. Every time you hear the, you hear the word for, it's a principle coming behind. The way of the Lord. So I'm telling you to do this because if the, this principle is always at work. For God resists the proud. In other words, God will set himself against you for a fight. That's what it is. When God sees pride in me, I have put myself opposite him for a fight. And you know he's going to lose. It says, God resists the proud, but gives grace. Grace is the empowerment to succeed. That's what it is. Grace empowers you to succeed, to be successful, to increase, and to multiply. Grace empowers you to live for God and excel. Without grace, no Christian can excel. Because Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. Without the grace of God, I am nothing. But when there is pride, God will resist you and you got no grace. And if you got no grace, you are not even a Christian. For by grace we are saved, right? So God does that. He says, now, therefore, because of everything that I've told you, humble yourself before under God. Is that what he says? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. So the hand of God is real. 
I would, if I, if I were the one writing this, I would tell you to humble yourself before God, right? And he didn't say that. And this is Peter, New Testament. Humble, because that's the hand that lifts you up. Amen? God's hand is what's going to lift you up. Humble yourself before the, look at what he called, the mighty hand of God. That he may exalt you or lift you up in time. Don't ask me. I don't know what that is. But I know there is something about this mighty hand of God. Because we already talked about the right hand. Notice he didn't say the hands of God, right? Did he say that? Hand. So we know what hand he's talking about. Where Jesus is seated, right? The hand of God is a place of safety. It's also a place for help, of help for the believer. The right hand of God. God says in Isaiah 49 verse 16, and please don't ever forget this, because that's where you are. See, I have engraven you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. So listen, when God puts you there, you, you're surrounded. There is a wall of protection around your life. Amen? And God sees the wall constantly, making sure you are protected. Listen to this. Isaiah 41 verse 10. Scriptures, you know this. Fear not. For I am with you. So if he's with you, that's fine. That's his presence. Right? I am with you. Be not dismayed. For I am your God. Because I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. But look at what it says. I will uphold you with what? My righteous right hand. The right hand of God is righteous. That's Old Testament. God does it in the Old Testament. They have no, they don't have the Holy Spirit. But in the New Testament, I believe you should ask God for the hand to walk on your behalf. That's what it says. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So God's hand is righteous. Now, let's look at the the way they address the hand of God in the New Testament. In the prayer. And there's real importance here. In prayer before God. In Acts chapter 4, they were actually giving the disciples a lot of trouble. The uh, Herod had taken them, the leaders had taken them, and they threatened them not to speak. Remember that? Don't speak anymore in this name. Don't do that. They went back to their camp. And then they started praying, beginning from verse 29. He says, now Lord, look at their threats and grant to your servants, that we, with all boldness, they, will, they may speak your word. 
How? By stretching out your hand. So they're praying about the hand, right? We want you to stretch your hand out by stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus Christ. Now, I want you to take note about this stretching out of hands because you'll find it in the Old Testament as well. But here he's praying that way. For, for us, we'll just say, God, move, right? And heal the people. Well, that's not how you prayed here. And notice, they prayed as one. In one accord. They all prayed, believing this. And they cried out to God, make us bold. But that's you in your presence. Make us bold so we can speak the word. But then we need you to stretch out your hand and heal the people. You know this Jesus said, if I cast out demons by the finger of God. Remember that scripture? The finger of God. And the matter of two or three witnesses, let the matter be established. Notice what happened. Signs and wonders done by the hand of the Lord Jesus. The right hand of God. The hand of God. Through the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And verse 21 says, And when they had prayed, guess what happened? That hand shook the building. Amen? Shook the building. The place was shaking. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Notice in verse 33 what the result was. And with great power, the apostle gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And guess what happened? And great grace was upon all of them. Great grace after they had prayed. So praying, in my mind today, I can ask God to stretch out his hand on my behalf. That's what they did. Stretch out your hand, God, on my behalf and fight for me. God's right hand. If you read in the Psalms, you see that a lot. It's right there. We tend to miss it. Stretch out your hand. We got to pray. Now, the hand of the Lord speaks of two things. When the hand of God is involved, the first thing is judgment. For those that are opposing God's curse. Whatever God's doing with his people is usually judgment to them. I know in what we just read now, it seems like there was no judgment. But not judgment against natural people. Amen? Satan paid the price. He lost a lot of people after they prayed. A lot of people were saved. And if you read further, even including priests, they were saved. He lost them. He used them, and then God employed judgment. So when God's right hand or his hand moves, his hand is employed on the behalf of his people, 
those that are opposing his cause, they reap judgment. But for God's people, his favor and deliverance. That's the way you find it in scripture. When God's hand is upon your life, guess what you got? Favor and blessing. When the hand of God is at work in your life, what people will experience, God's hand is in your life because they see favor and blessing. And every opposition is taken out of the way. Judgment. Always that way. You know, God's people were in Egypt for over 400 years. And then God came down for judgment. Amen? God came down for judgment. You can read it in scriptures. It's all there. God told Moses, when he encountered Moses, he said, so I will stretch out my hand. What for? In uh, Exodus chapter 3 verse 20. So I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt. With all, again we'll come back to the signs, right? With all my wonders. Are you, can, you, can you tie them together? They want his hand stretched out for signs and wonders, right? Judgment for the people, for against Satan's work. And favor and blessing for the kingdom of God and God's people. Great grace upon, was upon them. And if you read the, well, after that, it says nobody had any lack. There was no lack. Great grace and nobody lacked anything. The early church. God says, so I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders and which I will do in the midst. And after that, he will let you go. Deliverance. But judgment for the people. And I will give these people what? Favor. God's people favor. When his hand is outstretched, there is favor coming to the people of God. I will give them, these people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. In, in the sight of the enemy, they can see the hand of God at work in your life. When God stretches out his hand, I will give them favor in the sight of the Egyptians. And it shall be, when you go, that you shall not go empty-handed. Amen. Restoration takes place for God's people. And Egypt is judged and they lose everything. Amen. That's the way God does it. That's the way God does it. He judges them. He gives them favor in the sight. So every time God works, when God says, I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. It's not just saying... I will deliver you from the enemies. That means after that, eh, you are going to receive a lot of favor. Situations will change for the better. And God says, I don't want you to forget this. I don't want you to forget this. Exodus 13, verse 13 and 14, it says, So... Just verse 14, please. So it shall be when your sons ask you in time to come, saying, What is this that you shall say to him, 
by strength of hand. Guess what? God's referring to his hand. And you can read Exodus chapter 13. Over and over again, God's referring to his right hand, his hand. The strength of his hand. Read that whole chapter. The strength of his hand. Tell your children, I don't want you to forget it. Remember the strong arm of the Lord did this. God didn't say, I did it. This my strong hand. I will stretch out my hand. What I got from it, I can pray about that. Just like the disciples prayed. Stretch out your hand, God. Signs and wonders. Enjoy the enemy. Hear their threatenings. Judge them. But bless us. Amen. Bless us. So we have great grace upon our lives. And no one in the camp has any lack. And if you read in the New Testament, I mean this Old Testament, when they left, it says he brought them out with silver and gold. Remember that? And there was not a weak person in all their tribes. Every need was met. When God stretched out his hand, God says, now I will stretch out my hand. I have remembered my covenant and I've come down from heaven to stretch out my hand against the enemy. And the enemy receives judgment, but the people of God, they receive favor. That's why for this year, it's a year of unusual breakthrough. And unusual favor is coming our way because we understand the word of God. It's not good enough for us to just leave Egypt. Amen? Egypt must restore everything they took from us. We worked for them for 400 years without pay. Now is payment time. And they are willing to give everything. He's the woman. God says, go to them and borrow from them their silver and their gold. And I've given you favor. And they walk up to the lady and says, I like that gold. You want it? You can have it. Amen. I got one back there. It's even better than the one I just gave you. I'll give you that too. They took everything from them. Amen. Because God says, I've, 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 came, I've come down from heaven now because I remember my covenant. I heard their cry. You remember that? I heard their cry and I've come down from heaven. Now I'm going to stretch out my hand and you see what that means. You will see how Pharaoh will beg and say, please get away from us. He said they feared the people of, of Israel. They feared them. Because of God's wonder, may the enemy, I'm not talking of humans, the enemy, the devil, let them fear you. Every time they see you coming, as you carry God's favor, they say, here comes trouble. What are they up to now? We don't know what they are up to. They started praying again. Uh, Can somebody help us? Stop them. Here comes trouble. Because God is stretching out his hand. But you can pray the same prayer, just like by the grace of God I did. I had Isaiah, I mean, uh, Ephesians chapter 1, beginning from verse 15. I love praying that prayer. Just repeat it over and over again. The next morning, God, please. And then, the Lord is my shepherd. 
I will never know want. God will help us somehow. There's always going to be a restoration. Uh, Psalm 78 verse 41, it says the people forgot. And they turned again and tempted God and provoked the Holy One of Israel. They remember not His hand. May you never forget the right hand of God that's upon your life. Jesus said, the Father, He said, no one can pluck them from my hand. Remember that? No one can pluck them from my hand. The Father who gave them to me is greater than all. You cannot be taken out of his hand. That's your place of protection. They forgot the mighty hand of God. Not the day when he redeemed them from slavery. The day he delivered us from sin. You see, God fought against the Philistines in the days of Samuel. Amen? He fought against them. Listen to what the scripture, let me show you scripture. Check them out. As, as, uh, first Samuel chapter 7 verse 13 he says so the Philistines were subdued may everything Satan is coming against your life be subdued under the mighty hand of God in Jesus name so you never feel the effect anymore so the Philistines were subdued and they did not come anymore into the territory of Israel. See what restoration will come now. And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. The hand of God is not like God was against them. His hand was against the Philistines. All the days of Samuel. May your, the hand of God be against your enemies. I mean I'm talking about the devil. Some people think their wife is their enemy. That's not your enemy. You are your worst enemy. (laughs) Change your ways and God will deal with you. (laughs) Nobody can hurt you like you you can hurt yourself. When you don't use God's word, you are your worst enemy. (laughs) Amen. Take God's word and use it. I have no fear of this. I have no enemies. They'll die trying to hurt me because God has told me, no weapon formed against you. Why should I waste my time praying about the enemy and God protect me from the enemy? That's silly. They need protection from the right hand of God. Amen? (laughs) It's coming against them. And for me, I got favor. The Lord blesses the righteous. He surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. See, all around me. You turn to your right favor. You turn to your left favor. And that's why he says, he makes me to lie down in green pastures. Not one, green pastures. So everywhere you turn is green. And if you say it's not green, you're lying. Let God be true and every man a liar. Amen. So it was against them all the days of Samuel. Then the cities which the Philistines had taken from Israel were what? They were restored. Just like it happened in Egypt, right? They were restored to Israel. From Akron to Gath. And Israel recovered its territories. Everything. From the hands of the Philistines. Listen. 
also there was what? Did you see that in the in Acts? Great grace was upon them. No lack. Nothing, nothing missing. Nothing broken. When God's hand is outstretched. You see, they said, stretch out your hand. God said, with stretched, my stretched hand, I'm going to do this for the children of Israel. So I will stretch my hand, God said, and bring deliverance to them. Zechariah 9 verse 12, return to your stronghold. Amen? Return. If the enemy is causing you a problem, you know what your stronghold is. Is that hand. You are your prisoners of hope. Even today, God says, I declare that I will restore what? Double for everything that you suffer. But the enemy receives judgment. The enemy receives judgment. Uh, I want to go to this scripture and then I finally go to my last scripture. You know how preachers say finally and they come back again and they have a second finally. And then this time, believe me, this is the last one. You know, he's not telling you the truth. He has another case. But tonight, I'm making it real easy. This is, this is about the last two scriptures. <laughs> okay. Acts uh, 11, verse 19 to 21. It says, Now those who were scattered after the persecution, so there was persecution, Satan was trying to hinder them. He made a mistake. After the persecution that rose over Stephen's, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word of God to no one but the Jews only. That's not just the house stretch hand. God says, that's not, we can't do this. But some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene. Who, when they had come to Antioch, they spoke to the Hellenists. They started speaking to Gentiles, which is what God wanted. His outstretched hand. Preaching the Lord Jesus. And guess what it says in verse 24? He says, and the hand of the Lord was with them. Amen? May God's hand be with you everywhere you go in Jesus' name. His hand was with them. And because his hand was with them, get the rest what the result is. And a great number believed. Satan was losing big time. A great number believed and turned to the Lord. Is this last scripture about the hand of God, the hands of God? And this is kind of usual, unusual. He says in Isaiah 45, verse 11 and 12, Thus says the Lord, the Holy One of Israel, and His Maker, Ask me of things to come concerning my sons. That's you. Right? And concerning the work of my hands, you commend me. 
concerning my sons and the works of my hands, are you going to give God commandment? Are you going to command God to do something? God says do that. You know what he's done. You know what the, script, the scripture says about what God has done. God says, command the works of his hands. That's what they did, right? They said, stretch out your hand, right? And heal. We have been given the privilege to do that. And God says, I have made the earth. Command me the works of my hands, right? I have made the earth and created man on it. I, my hands, stretch out the heavens and all the hosts. I have commanded. So God commanded and he says, you command my hands. Speak to my hands concerning the things I have done. The things that are written in this book. Amen? Amen. No wonder the scripture says, those who believe in him, his sons, they shall lay hands on the sick. Okay? You don't have to lay hands on the sick and start shaking like crazy. <laughs> he says, just lay your hands on the sick. And guess what the outcome is? They recover. Because your strength, your outstretched arm is his outstretched hand. Amen? You can do it. God says to command me, stand up. I'm not going further. I hope you got something out of this tonight. So command God's right hand to fight against everything that's fighting against your life. Lack, your marriage, your finances, whatever it is, speak to God and tell him, stretch out your hand, God, and bring deliverance because it's written in scriptures. Both Old and New Testament, you'll find that out there. Amen? Would you please lift your hands up tonight to God? Basically, I enjoy doing this. A lot of people seem not to understand. Paul actually says, I want you to lift up holy hands without doubting. Amen? He wants, God wants us to do that. To lift up holy hands without doubting. In Isaiah uh, chapter 1, he says, when you lift up your hands, God says, I look away. What that means is your hands, everything right, he looks towards you. Every time you lift up your hand, God has to look. And he says, I turn away because your hands fill with blood. Yes, your hands still fill with blood, but now the blood of Jesus that speaks better things than the blood of Abel. And God cannot turn away. Amen? Because he's the blood for your good. So, Father, thank you tonight. Thank you. I ask you, Lord God, that you will stretch out your mighty hand on the behalf of your people as we lift our hands to you tonight, before you, God. That all those things that the enemies come against our lives with will be destroyed and that we will receive from you and we do receive tonight unusual favor from our God and a great blessing upon our lives. I bless your people tonight as they go from here because you have promised the Lord walked with them, confirming your words with signs following. May your words be confirmed in their lives as they practice with signs following according to the scriptures. In Jesus' name, and God's people said,
Amen. God bless you. Thank you.